0: Welcome to The Business Playdate, a podcast hosted by Lindsay White and Betsy Moorhead, two internet strangers turned business besties.
1: We're two marketing professionals living across the country, raising our kiddos while running our own individual businesses. We built these businesses based on our experiences working in corporate management roles with the end goal to be able to show up for our families first. And we did it. We're
0: so happy you're here with us. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Business Playdate. Lindsay, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm very tired.
1: Oh, (laughs) me too. I am so tired. Alan has been traveling, which is fine. And the kids were actually great sleepers while he was gone. And he came back last night and they were just terrors the
0: whole night. Uh. So I was like, I mean, I'm glad that you were really good while he was gone. But
1: man, we had a brutal night last night.
0: Yeah, I feel you. This has been a tough week of sleep at our house too. But I am tired because of some self-inflicting fun I had last night. But hey, good (laughs) for you. Mom's night dinner after dance, and then I came home and shaped my my sourdough, and it was an epic fail because I totally messed up the recipe yesterday. But um, you know, I had another glass glass of wine anyway, and then. Here you are. i woken up by a four-year-old tapping me on the shoulder this morning saying, Mommy, is it morning time? And I was like, Is the sun up? No, it's not. It's Friday. This is the it's day not. we sleep a little longer. Yeah. <laughs> did
1: you not get the memo?
0: I know. When did they start getting the memos? Like I just I don't know. Uh, I know. I've been considering getting Ellie like one of those red light, green light uh, <sighs> alarm things for her room. Just I just don't think this little girl's gonna care. She's just gonna be I like, don't- my kids I what would I not want. care. No. Yeah. Like, kids that care about that, love it. Love that for those parents. My kid yeah. would not care. She'd be like, what light? Right. Like, how do I turn, how do I unplug it? How do I or turn so it off? Yeah. Yeah. She's also, like, terrified of any new thing that is brought into her room. So, like, she oh, just gosh. realized that her, we still have a um, camera monitor in her room, but she has just noticed the green light that's on her, like, camera monitor. And she, like, ran out of her room the other night, she, in the middle of the night. She was. Mommy, what is that green light? And I was like, it's always been there. What are you talking about? Oh my gosh. Oh, geez. But yes. Yeah. Enough. The joys of uh, preschoolers, you know? Yeah, the they're, joys. Their imagination t- is wild. They're testing me lately. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And to testing the, the me. toddler running around, you know, that's always fun. Yes, exactly. Always fun. Exactly. So, Um, Well, speaking of fun, let's talk about email marketing.
1: (laughs) So fun. It's so fun, guys. (sighs) Uh, Well, today we are going to be talking about the changes that Google is making to their 2024 sender guidelines, which sounds super dry and boring, but it impacts all of us. And if it doesn't impact you directly, it likely is impacting your clients. So it's something that we found was really important to talk about. It's very convoluted. It's very difficult. but we're going to try to talk about it in a really simple way so that you can understand the basics, the bones, the why, and what you need to actually change going forward so that it's easy to digest and easy to implement.
0: Yeah. And I feel like we've been trying to talk about this on the podcast for a little while, like you've hinted at it a couple of times, but having a dedicated episode to it, I think it's going to be really good for people to be able to refer back to because guys, Lindsay knows everything about this. She's going to do the meat of the talking today. And I'm just going to like. Ask some questions because I have no clue what's going on.
1: My eyes just got so wide. <laughs> uh, I know, I know a good bit. I know a good bit. I have been in email marketing for my entire career, really, with yeah. my old corporate job. I, when I left, they were actually creating a position for me around specifically data and email marketing and yeah. segmentation and creating segmentation data driven strategies. So. This is something that is, I don't know if that I would say near near and dear to my heart, but it's just something that I have yeah. been deep in the weeds of for a very long time.
0: Yeah, You always have. Like, I feel like even when I first got to know you, email marketing was always really a good strength of yours. And I, I know like the important things about it, but I'm not as in the weeds with it as you have been or know near as much about like the segmenting the audiences and all the things <laughs> that different like... All the ways to really like utilize your email marketing to your highest benefit.
1: Yes, definitely. And there's so much you can – I mean, that's why I love email marketing is Mm -hmm. it should be the cornerstone of almost every person's marketing strategy. But it also – there's so much you can do with it and it's yours. You own it. You can do whatever you want with it, which is the best part. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. I think email marketing is really cool, just because there's so much you can do on the back end and from a strategy perspective to learn about your list, learn about the people who are reading your stuff, and figure out what they want without them knowing that you're getting all of this information from them.
0: Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I think this episode is email marketing in general, and we're going to dive into like the Google changes and all, make making sure people understand that a little bit better. Um, but two, just like like you were just talking about, like the importance of email marketing, how to use it to its biggest... Benefit and potential, um, and like I remember from my time in like event marketing, um, and in now e-commerce, I mean conversions happening in email in your inbox is like one of the highest places conversions happen. Yes. and so I mean, if your email marketing is tightened up and has a good strategy to it, you could really see a potential for massive gain. If yeah, that's like absolutely the right, the right word there, but. Uh, I do think that not enough people in our space realize that it should be the cornerstone of their marketing strategy.
1: Well, and I think too, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you need to be doing email marketing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyone can send out a freaking email. Like, yeah. Right. But <laughs> what is actually I can in, do that? Yeah. What's in that email matters. And also, what matters almost more than what's in the email. Is how you're structuring it on the back end, how you're designing Mm -hmm. it within MailerLite or MailChimp or whatever you're using, Mm -hmm. how you're structuring it and gathering the data on the back end is so important because if you aren't getting any tracking on the links that you're putting in your emails, you are missing out on the largest marketing opportunity as it pertains to email and honestly, one of the easiest to convert marketing opportunities.
0: Mm-hmm. When you say that, the tracking stuff, do you mean like UTM codes or like stuff you can track in Google Analytics or segmentation? Like, what do you mean by that exactly?
1: I don't do any UTM codes, but you uh-huh. can if that's the way that you want to do yeah. it. I actually, actually I don't even know if that would work. Um, what you want is you want to be using an email marketing system that allows you to track who is clicking on your links. Mm-hmm. And then ideally what you want to be able to do is take, so let's say that I send out an email. Um, I'm gonna send out an email. Let's say that I am a food blogger, and mm-hmm. I'm sending out an email that has a link to a product on Amazon. Yeah. I'm sent, and it also has a link to a recipe, and it also has a link to um, something super random, like a dog leash. I don't know something totally yeah. different, right? So these are three different categories of types of content. Within my email. So then I sent out this email and you, Betsy, you click on the recipe link. Great. Mm -hmm. So now I want to target anyone who clicks on that recipe and put them in some sort of tag. So some sort of segment that's like Mm -hmm. interested in recipes. Now I know if I launch a recipe book for sale for $17, those are the people who are most likely going to buy it because
0: they like recipes. Yeah.
1: So it makes a... A way for you to easily see who's engaging in your content, what they're most interested in, and then create these like hot or not lists essentially Mm -hmm. so that you can then have conversations. Like I work with a lot of relationship-driven businesses Mm -hmm. and so they have a lot of one-to-one meetings with their clients and if they send out an email that's like, hey, you can – I work with a lot of financial institutions. If they send out an email that has a link to a 401k program and a link to a credit card program. And their clients are clicking on this credit card program. In their next meeting with this client, they know, hey, you might be interested in a credit card. Like This is a product I can sell you. This is a way to deepen our relationship together. Mm -hmm. This is what we can be talking about.
0: Yeah. There's so so much opportunity there.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of ways that you can use it. So you got to figure out what works best for you or for your client. But email marketing is one of the strongest tools that you can be using.
0: I guess I didn't realize that I knew that you could do click segmentation in some email list but mm-hmm. is it is it mostly or in some email like service platforms platforms thank you um but is it is are most emails platforms like that now like where it's automated click I think segmentation so. i
1: i know that flowdesk i i don't know anything about flowdesk so this isn't necessarily a knock against it but i've heard mm-hmm. that they don't have the best data it's very pretty but it's hard to gather data so i don't know if you'd be able to do it in something more simple like that Mm-hmm. Um but I know, I know Constant
0: like, Contact has it. Yeah, Constant uh,
1: Contact has it.
0: I don't know about MailChimp, but
1: MailChimp has it. I don't know about Mail or Light. Um Entreport is what I use. Entreport has it, Active Campaign has it, Hubspot mm-hmm. has it. So that's something if you're looking at new email platforms, that's something that I would take into consideration is what kind of data and analytics are you able to pull from there and what kind of automations are you able to build on the back end of that data and analytics.
0: Yeah. No, that makes sense. I know like um, we're going to talk about it, but like a lot of the regulations around email, you know, has changed. And mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of the email platforms have, um, I, I, you know, had to change what they're doing to make sure that it's more, uh, user-friendly kosher. and more yeah. accurate and more kosher. Yeah. And then it's yeah. all, uh, working because, uh, we say this a lot and I see it here. A lot of people say this, but you know, like if social media goes away, I sometimes I hate that, but I get it. I I right. if social media goes away, your email list, you know, you want to make sure you have that. Like those are the people. That's your audience that you can talk to. And so you want to well, make sure you're doing thing, everything the right way.
1: Yeah. And, and, and like another thing too is if you don't want to use the if social media goes away analogy. It's or, if like, I, or, or if you don't want to use it. Or if you don't want to be on social media, my favorite mm-hmm. thing to consider. Um uh, <laughs> Have <laughs> not made the just, have not pulled the plug yet, mm-hmm. um, but is I have a bunch of social media followers, right? And I don't know anything about them. I, yeah. I see their username. I can see what name they have entered on their social media profile. But that's all I've got, you know. Yeah. And email when you're building this email list, oftentimes cookies and data that you're not even getting gets inputted, yeah. or you can collect more data from them and Mm -hmm. save that in your list. And so, you know, I have some clients who have email marketing capture lists where Mm -hmm. they require an address, they require a phone number, they require all of these things. And, you know, in their particular line of business, it makes sense, but it allows them to know so much more. Like they have a perfect geographical map of where all of these potential clients are. They, Mm -hmm. you know, you can just capture so much more data.
0: Yeah, you can, and in the e-commerce world, so like Shopify, Clavio is the email system that's like shop- Shopify like syncs with it. Yeah, um, it's almost like a CRM system. I mean, you can see the value yeah. of your customer. You can see all these things. Like they also they they have customer profiles. Um, and then when I was in the ticketing world in the event space, um, like the ticket providers that we use, like had a email system that synced all that information to it too. So it was called Hive.co. and it basically acted as a CRM system. So yeah, you could see people who purchased tickets in 2021, but didn't in mm-hmm. 2022. And so you want to hit them back in 2023, or you could see people who uh, purchased tickets and also bought something else on the website or purchased tickets mm-hmm. or another thing. I mean, there's just so many ways of like the, the click segmentation that's happening to segment these audiences. And another cool thing too, and I don't know if um, I'm, I'm sure you can do this in a, uh, In non e-commerce related, like non like Shopify or ticket sales. Um, But like if we were running, say we're running like a flash sale on something, we could set up like a live audience and then we'd be running, we could connect it to Facebook and make a custom audience on Facebook. And we could make sure that either the ads were going to people who weren't already getting the emails or hadn't already bought the tickets, or we could, um, not make sure we weren't sending like the multi-day flash sale emails to people who'd already purchased. So you can yeah. um, exclude different segments from the audience and you can set up these automations. So I think email marketing has just come so, so far so in the far. last five, 10 years, ten years but yeah. like even just in the most recent, like few years, there's been so much more, which I guess leads us into this whole, it's changing again. And Google has some more some more shit yeah, so, we to do. Well,
1: the purpose of today's conversation <laughs> is to talk about the uh, Google email sender guideline changes, which yes. actually took place February 1, 2024. And Yahoo is following suit. And I am sure a plethora of other email providers will be doing the same. Um, but this is the first time in 19 years that Google has changed their sender guidelines. Wow which is yeah. kind of wild. Yeah, wild. Um, so honestly, I think that the reason behind these changes is to, A, to look out for the consumer, right? To look out for all of us who are getting email marketing emails and make sure that we're not getting scammed, make sure we're not getting you know phishing emails and just The bad things that can happen in email, but also to establish like, hey, we care about our consumers and we have your best interests at mind. And so yes, for the rest of us as email marketers, that means we need to make a couple of changes and tweaks because we also should be caring about the consumer and the people who are looking at our emails. So I know a lot of people are a little annoyed by the changes, but as email marketers, we should also be caring about these people as well.
0: Yeah. So what is that? um, What's like what do I need to do as a service provider to ensure that this is happening, not for my business, but for my clients? Yeah, there, definitely. Good?
1: So I would say the changes kind of are taking place in three different areas. The first area is authentication. So mm-hmm. we, we'll walk through, you know, what those changes need to be. Uh, the second section is subscription status and, you know, what your subscribe list looks like, that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. then the third area is going to be your sending and those sending Mm -hmm. practices. So within that first area that we're going to talk about is authentication. So there's three things that you need to make sure the email servers have to Mm -hmm. be properly authenticated. And that's a proper SPF record, a proper DKIM record, and a proper DMARC record. So DKIM, DMARC, and SPF. I know. They're so freaking technical and it's like, I don't, like I said, I know just enough to be dangerous on these three it. things. I know where to go to change it. I know what to change it to, but what are they actually for? I'm not
0: really sure. Fun, fun fact, nothing makes me sound or feel more smart than when I'm like sending an email to a client and I'm like, we need to update your DNS record. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, look at me yeah, knowing right? all these technical Lingo. terms. And then I'm on the side, like googling sometimes, like what is a it do? Right. record? <laughs> well, yeah, so what's heard funny
1: is I have a, a client who, or a past client who, had unhealthy email practices like five to ten years ago, and it's mm-hmm. just continued to compound into this bigger issue for them. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk more about that as we continue down this path, but. it it was causing issues. And so one of the main things that we needed to get updated was updating these authentication records for them. This Mm -hmm. was like the first step in getting their email marketing back on track. And they had a full tech team, a full IT like outsourced IT department. So I got on the phone with their outsourced IT department and they had absolutely no idea how to change any of these records. Like, yes. Isn't that wild? Like on the, on their server? Yes, they they were like, oh well, we can't do that. That doesn't fall what? under us. And I was like, that does fall under your IT. That's that wild. Falls under, that falls under you. Yeah. They and so I think it's very interesting. Those in IT, this is a huge opportunity for you because clearly yeah. no one knows enough about this stuff. It's kind of this wild, wild west of email authentication where it's like you know bouncing the ball away like two squares. No one wants to take claim of that ball.
0: So how do you? like find out what these need to be because isn't doesn't that come from your email platform so like I logged into my client's constant contact and I got like a pop-up notification because it was after February 1st and it was like you need mm-hmm. to make sure that the the DNS record that the domain has been updated and all these things are good and kosher and ready to like move forward with um, so do you get all of the like code that you need to then send to IT from the email platform
1: So it kind of depends on each of these things. The SPF record is going to come from your email marketing platform and it needs to be inputted into your domain provider. So Mm
0: -hmm. like
1: your name, I use Namecheap, so your Namecheap. Um, And then the DKIM record is also going to be input into your DNS records on your domain provider. So your Namecheap and that will also come from your email marketing provider.
0: Um, and And then the time, I'm sorry, but but like most of the time the client is the one that has access to this or their IT people or their, like, it's not something that you as a marketing service provider should know how to do. Yeah. That's what I thought. But I I don't have to go in and do it. Yes. If I had to,
1: I wouldn't feel comfortable doing this for any of my clients Mm -hmm, personally. mm -hmm. Um, I would want someone who is managing that stuff for them to be doing Mm it. Um, And the same thing with the DeMarc record. I mean, and a lot of these, like Namecheap has great chat customer support. I use Entreport, so I needed to kind of go between Entreport and Namecheap to figure out, you know, what needed to be changed and how to change it and what to change it to. And both of them had great customer chat support and everyone was super helpful. A lot of these email marketing platforms, they know this is happening. This isn't a surprise. And a lot of them are doing things to proactively help their users. Yeah. Um, so is it a little technical? Yes. But is it, you know, someone can figure it out and implement it? Yes. It's an easy, well, easy switch. It just, you need to figure out what to input.
0: I mean, it had to have been done to set up the email marketing in the first place to, you know, yes. to, to authorize the domain to like send from at BetsyMoorhead.com. Yes. Like I remember whenever and I, think I some, set up Flowdesk, I had to do that.
1: Yeah. And I think the main one that most people are missing right now is the
0: DeMarc. Mm-hmm. I would never even heard of that one. So yeah, good to so know. that's
1: that's the one that I've known. when talking with people, that's the one that they tend to be missing.
0: Yeah. So all this is done on your domain provider, like your Namecheap, yes. your GoDaddy's, your CloudFlares, yes. all of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool.
1: Um. So that's a one-time setup. Set it. Mm-hmm. Forget it. You no longer need to worry about it. And it's not too late, right?
0: Even no, though we're after no, February no. first. No. No. Okay. No. No.
1: Go. Go. Jump on it. Um. So the next, the next areas that we're gonna be talking about are much more around like. Healthy email practices that I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of us are doing, but you'd be surprised, especially us as marketing providers, we all most likely are, you know, engaging in healthy email practices. I've had a lot of clients though who, you know, they I don't. started doing outsourced marketing, you know, five years ago. And prior to that, things were a bit sketchy in their world. They
0: were. And some people still run with it that way.
1: They do. And some people still
0: think it's okay. So um, email blacklists, they're a real thing.
1: Server blacklists, that's a real thing. So uh, these are really important. Um, But the reason they're so important is these Google email sender guidelines are changing, and you're not going to be getting into Google's inboxes if you're not participating in healthy email practices like this.
0: So uh, the and first means thing anyone you wa- with an at gmail.com email. Yes.
1: Address. Anyone with an at gmail.com or at Yahoo. Um, mm-hmm. And I also want you to take into consideration like my email address, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the white label creative for my agency is- it's a Google. It's a Google. It's mm-hmm. yep, all same. I, it's Google. Um. So just different things to think about. But, you know, the basics, did your email list opt in? That, that should be, mm-hmm. They should have opted in. It shouldn't be, have you purchased an email list? Your answer should be no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you ever send emails to people who've not opted into your list? The answer should be no. Um so some of these really basic things. One thing that they're really cracking down on is that, is it is it easy to unsubscribe to your list. So yeah, having an unsubscribe huge. button at the bottom of your emails. Mm-hmm. I think most people are doing this and I think most email marketing providers require that. So, you know, some of those basics of just is it easy to unsubscribe? Do you have a healthy list of people that you haven't purchased? Like, let's mm-hmm. check off those basics. So after you kind of check off those basics, and you know, you might need to do some tweaking to your clients' list. They probably
0: have purchased a nothing list at some worse point. than not being able to figure out how to unsubscribe from an email address. Oh my gosh, yeah. nothing! I have done a lot of unsubscribing lately because I'm trying to clean up my inboxes. If you've listened, Good it was like you. several episodes ago. I have very poor personal <laughs> email health, and Sometimes. so I'm trying to like get my inbox cleaned up and. One day down to zero, but I've been doing that a lot will of unsubscribing. Never, ever happen for me? It never ever happened for me either. Thirty
1: three thousand emails.
0: Oh, I'm just like bulk deleting. I'm like I don't even care if I if it's from more than six months ago. Don't care. Yeah. Um, and I've found that it's some people make it very difficult to unsubscribe. So really mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So that's something that's really important. So make sure that you're Emails are easy to unsubscribe from. Mm -hmm. So uh, another couple of things that I want to touch on that are a little bit more technical, your spam rate. You should know what your spam rate is. You can figure this out by using Postmaster Tools. It's a Google type of program. Mm -hmm. Um, But you want to make sure that that spam rate is within a healthy space and also that it's not dramatically jumping. So maybe even set yourself a reminder once a quarter to check your spam rate. But that's something that
0: i they never
1: even heard, heard of that. At. So uh, before these were even announced, like this, these changes were announced back in October, but I, my yeah. client had issues with this a year ago. And when I started digging, this their spam rate was through the roof and they were blacklisted on a bunch of different email servers. Oh, shit. And they, they weren't getting through to, you know, inboxes. Um, mm-hmm. They were hitting spam with people that they regularly email, you know, like wild things like that. And- it was all because they had the high spam rate. They had purchased lists in the past, so they were getting a lot of people reporting them as spam. Yeah, They didn't have you know easy email marketing practices. Mm-hmm. Um, and so getting we fixed it over the course of the last year, we have fixed these problems, mm-hmm. but it takes time. Yeah, and it's a huge headache for everyone. How easy is that
0: to explain to your client? Really and hard. And it's just like, why is this not working? It's
1: really hard. And they're actually not the only person who's come to me in the last year or so, year and a half with these mm-hmm. issues. I've had three separate like, people come to me saying, I don't know what's going on with our email, but do you think you and your team can figure out how to fix it?
0: And, and it's how been- are they-
1: With all of them. Yeah. Well, how-, how are they- Purchase lists in the past and really high spam scores because people- were never opted into these lists, had never heard of them before and reporting the emails as
0: spam. That's crazy. How how are they realizing something was wrong with their emails? Like their open rate went down or they were just getting- Their open rates
1: went down dramatically, like cut in half almost. Yeah. And one of them specifically (laughs) started getting emails from people they normally talk to and saying, hey, by the way, this hit my spam inbox. Interesting. So that's how, that was where I was like, oh, wow, there is- Something's going on, and it is not, it's a systemic issue. It's not just a you issue. It is a systemic issue. Like, there's clearly been crackdowns on email practices. Mm -hmm. And yes, these changes took place February 1 of 2024, but for the last year and a half, you can tell just through what's been going on with people's email marketing that there have been big crackdowns on spam rates. The servers have been blacklisting. Emails, like email programs and different yeah. IP addresses because the spam rates are so high.
0: That's crazy. I want to dive into this Postmaster thing a little bit. I just pulled it up. So it's gmail.com slash postmaster. What is it? Postmaster tools. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Gmail.com slash postmaster, P O S T M A S T E R. So then, so then what do you do? So you go into here and then you need to have like your text record from your domain added in. I think so. I don't know enough about I'm I'm, well, I'm looking at I'm looking um, at this. Yes.
1: So, I know you have to connect in. I have actually my email addresses and all of my clients' domains in here. Mm-hmm. Um so I can see what their status are. And yeah, you need to pull in It says it's through an API maybe. Um
0: says, yeah, you'll need to go get a text record from your domain to do this. Go to your your domain platform, like your Namecheap or your GoDaddy or whatever, mm-hmm. get the text record under Advanced DNS settings, and then if they don't have enough data, um, you can usually find some of that from your email marketing platform. But okay, interesting. I'll have to do this Postmaster Tools. I have one yeah. client that um, we they have a pretty healthy list. I, I feel like we do a pretty everything's set up pretty good. Um, but I would love to know their spam rate because. When I hear that, my mind just goes to like your unsubscribes or like what your email marketing platform tells you, you know, it'll tell you like how many, how many times you went to spam. Yeah. Um, another good,
1: uh, program to use is mxtoolbox.com. So Mm. if you go to mxtoolbox.com, you can enter in your domain name and you can actually see in here if you're blacklisted on any email servers, Um, if you're working, you can see, you know, a lot of information now. Is it going to look really technical? Yes, absolutely. It does look very technical. You can get a lot of information from in here.
0: I just did BetsyMorehead.com, and let's see. And there's like zero problems. Wait, hang on. Three errors. (laughs) We'll have to look into that after this.
1: So there's like a little drop down where you can actually pick different kind of checks to do. So you can do a blacklist check and it'll give you you know like your where you are at so I just put in a a random like email domain and I see these people are blacklisted on two lists. Um so you can see what your status is and then you know okay
0: clearly I need to make some changes. This is wild. I really hope you guys are learning during this episode because my mind is absolutely blown.
1: We should try to drop some of these links in the show notes. Yeah.
0: I know we always say we're gonna do that, and then I always forget to do it. <laughs> Sorry guys. <laughs> Just DM us if you're interested in crazy. anything. Yeah. Um, this is wild. Okay, so so that is all part of like your subscription status, that like section yep. of this. What what else in that area? Does your list size matter? Like what? Getting back to like the Google update, yeah, so, making sure everything's so, good. We've gone
1: over unsubscribe, spam rate, all of those things. Um, one other thing that I want you to consider is your subject lines, making sure you hmm. have subject lines that aren't misleading. Um, yes. And I know it has been, you know, over the years, like there has been some catchy, trendy subject lines that you see coming through, but- I think as a industry, we all need to be better about using accurate subject lines that are just like we need to be a little more basic. Like, what are they going to see inside of this email? Um, yeah. We don't need you know clickbait, so avoiding that. Now, yeah. list size. So that's something we definitely want to talk about because that's another one of the major changes. If you are if you have a list of five thousand folks or more who are Gmail specific users then you're considered a bulk sender. Now, this will be a lot of B2C type of... Like mm-hmm. you were talking about Shopify. Like I think a lot of e-commerce is going to find, you know, everyone's email address is Gmail these days. Yeah. So if you have a list of 5,000 or more, you might want to just consider yourself in this box because it's really hard to figure out like how many of your list people are Gmail users if they have yeah. email addresses that are like at the White Label Creative. Um. So... If your list is over 5,000 people, you are considered a bulk sender. And the way bulk senders are being treated now is they are not allowed to email out to more than 5,000 people in a 24-hour period. Oh, wow. This is a twofold situation. So the first is you're not allowed to email to more than 5,000 people in a 24-hour period of time. Now, what does that mean? If your list is 35,000 people or more, you are going to have to think about what your email communications look like. Because mm-hmm. that's seven full days of emails. Like I if I have an email list and I, of if I have an email seconds. list and I send out an email, like a weekly newsletter to thirty five thousand people, that weekly newsletter can't just go out on Mondays to everyone anymore.
0: It has to it go needs out to over. go to five
1: thousand people on Monday, five thousand people twenty four hours later. So noon oh, plus five minutes, you know, Tuesday. 5,000 people on Wednesday and, and so on and, your, and so forth. And that impacts
0: the relevancy of your content.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's wild. So something to think about. I mean, that's a huge strategy shift, mm-hmm, huge yeah. strategy shift. And I mean, I have a lot of ideas in my head on the changes that, you know, from a strategy perspective that we can shift, but that's that's a huge shift. And the the twofold part of this is another thing that Google is strongly prioritizing is they want to see that you have a regularly cadenced email going out. Mm-hmm. They want to see that you're regularly engaging with your audience. They want a weekly newsletter, a monthly newsletter, whatever makes the most sense right. for you and your audience, but getting in their inbox regularly, showing up, being authentic and you know, no letting your audience know like hey, I'm a real business I am frequently going to send you emails. You know what to expect when I email you. Like they know what to yeah. expect. They're engaging with your emails or they're unsubscribing. Unsubscribes are not bad, but you want to be regularly getting in inboxes.
0: Yeah. I would say definitely unsubscribes aren't bad because it just continues to keep the right people in your, in your bucket, so to speak. Exactly. So this and is it's really little, interesting about oh, like the 5,000 a day because- like how, a huge shift. Are like, how are people doing that?
1: So I, I mean, I think from a small business perspective, it's not going to impact smaller businesses with smaller sizes. But if mm-hmm. we're looking at these bigger businesses with bigger list sizes, like e-commerce, I think is an area that is going to be dramatically impacted. Mm-hmm. I think we need to be starting to get a little more in the weeds of segmentation strategies.
0: Yeah. Do you think that if somebody didn't realize this and they go to send an email to their 35,000 people list that it'll just say it can't send or it'll only send to 5,000 people? Like is there
1: it'll something send. to look out it, for? No, it'll still send. Um, but your spam score is going to start going up and you're going to start hitting spam inboxes.
0: Interesting.
1: Interesting. So instead of hitting the inbox, you're going to mm-hmm. hit the junk folder. Interesting. So definitely, I think that that is the biggest change. And I think those of us who are marketing providers, it's not going to impact us directly, but it is going to
0: impact our clients dramatically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and you want to know what you're talking about because when you're doing this for them.
1: It also creates a really great opportunity for us as marketing providers though, because think about all of the strategy that now needs to go into email marketing where there's been like strategy has been like a smart move, but it hasn't Mm -hmm. necessarily been necessary. And Mm -hmm. now- if your list size is over five thousand people, especially over thirty-five thousand people, is mm-hmm. required.
0: Yeah, absolutely. or you're, you're not
1: going to be you're not going to be moving the needle.
0: There's no more willy nilly. Let's just send an email today. And yeah, see how it does. That's why. Well, and that's
1: why that's why the regularly cadenced email is so important too, because the willy nilly emails are creating issues with your sending volume. So your sending volume is that third thing that um, Google's looking at. And so they want to see that your sending volume is not dramatically changing month to month. And when I mean dramatically, I mean that your list size should be growing. Everyone's lists should be growing over time, Mm -hmm. but we should not see some wild increase in your list showcasing that you might've purchased a list. You know, um, we should have a strategy in place. That's just regular growth, like organic Mm growth, Growth. And mm-hmm. yeah, maybe sometimes we're involved in a conference and we gain a bunch of Elite, lists. Yeah. You know, yeah, like mm-hmm. that's fine. But we should have these regular emails so that our percentage of growth is pretty steady rather than, oh, I sent an email in January. I'm going to send one in October and then I'm going to send one in November. And then it's like, okay, you had this massive growth from mm-hmm. email one to email two, but then email two to email three, you had no growth. That's yeah, like what a, happened. a red flag.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I, for one of my e-commerce clients right now, we are running a lead generation ad on Facebook and it is performing very well. And we've added maybe a thousand people since mid December to their list. Um, a little over a thousand people. So that's interesting because I wonder if something like when you do like a lead generation campaign and you get a bunch of leads and they automatically go to your you know, yeah. list if that, if that matters, like this is a pretty steady growth, I would say. It's not like yeah. dramatically and I think we'll start a thousand to s- in a
1: day. I think that now that February 1 has hit, we're going to start to see what the impacts of these changes mm-hmm. really are. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, Google has told us this is how to get out of the spam inbox, but like, what are the actual impacts? I think too, marketing has, is changing as it always does. Um, the landscape is changing. Consumers are changing the way that they consume content, the way that they purchase, like purchase behaviors are changing. And I think this is the start of, I mean, marketing strategy has always been so important, but it's just going to continue to get more important because Mm -hmm. we can't just throw spaghetti at the wall because it's going to create these massive spikes and like the algorithms, the clouds, the people that are like the jurisdiction of where our marketing efforts are going in this digital space, they don't want to see these massive like highs and lows. They want to see kind of steady eddy like you're authentically and organically growing your business and your marketing efforts.
0: It's interesting because I feel like this goes with a couple of episodes we've had lately about the authenticity, the, you know, Um, being in this space, like personal, professional growth, like knowing these types of things as marketing service providers, being the authority in this topic for your client is so, is is more important now than ever. Like, sure, you can go in and be like, I can help you with your marketing, but knowing these additional regulations, knowing these additional what is happening in the industry, being on top of it, like when Google Analytics changed over from Universal Analytics to GA4, like walking your client through why we have to do all of this, why you need this information, you know what the ramifications could be if we don't handle it. That is that is job security for marketing service providers, especially when there are so many small businesses who are the business owner is doing the bulk of like everything and they don't have yes. time to learn about this. They don't have time to understand why their emails are going to spam and all this hard work is not working for them. That's yeah. when people like us can come in and learn this stuff tooth and nail or learn from someone like you or from this podcast, you know, or like take time or to pull in an
1: expert, you know, pull know, in an expert. Yes. Like, know Hey, that you need to pull in an expert on this.
0: Yes. Like I am not an email marketing provider, like a expert, like that is not a key of mine, but I'm a marketing strategist and I know that it's key for the strategy. So like mm-hmm. a couple of my clients who are my ad clients, I've Talk to them about their emails and we've kind of figured out like, Hey, how can we get everything kind of synced up with your entire marketing strategy with your ad plan? And they have all, they're all now using a, a Shopify Klaviyo, like email expert for all of their stuff. Yes. And I'm like, thank God you have this in place, especially now. And she knows, shout out to Ashley. Like she's wonderful. She knows like what is happening in this space and what needs to be, I mean, getting, even if you can't be that for your client, Like you just said, bringing in an expert, helping them find somebody who is, who can make sure that they can continue to just like turn conversions, like get sales, get leads, do whatever they need to do um, accurately without any damage being done.
1: Yeah. And I think that just being able to talk about this stuff with clients is showcasing you as a marketing Mm -hmm. authority, even if you're not the person to create their authentication records for them, right? But being able to talk about this and say, hey, like this is important. You need to talk to your tech team about this or this yes. is important. You need to dive into this a little bit more. Jump in the chat with Namecheap and figure out how to make these changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it's so important. And again, like you mentioned, I think that this – I think we're seeing – a, and I, we've been seeing this kind of like change of tides, but this authenticity in marketing is so important and. The industry is showing us that it's important, and the mm-hmm. consumers are showing us that it's important, and everyone's bottom line is showing us that it's important.
0: Well, um, yeah, the end consumer—they want to feel secure. They want to feel like they're—they're not—they're um, like their privacy is not being infringed on, and that you know they're—they're they is a safe place to be uh, in the digital world, and you know with cookie. I think cookies are like going away soon, you know. So I mean, there's just like. It's more important now than ever to really hone in these skills and understand what's happening.
1: Understand what's happening. You don't have to know how to make the changes, but maybe, and this, like I said, this is a great opportunity to hone in on some email marketing strategies. I mean, it could Mm -hmm. be a great opportunity for you as a marketing provider to maybe pivot a little bit and become Mm -hmm. an email strategist because Mm -hmm. the opportunity is going to be out there. Things are shifting.
0: Yeah, so I think let's link a couple of things in the um, in the show notes. I know you have some resources we could link in there. We'll link some of these like Postmaster and some of the other um yeah. toolbox. But go head to the show notes, look at some of those links. If you have any questions, um, feel free to like shoot one of us a DM or on the business play date um, or leave a review. Like if this episode was really insightful. exciting and insightful, and you learned something new because. We I know we say this every time, but we just love seeing your reviews. We love hearing how much you guys are enjoying this podcast because it's something that we definitely look forward to every week. And we um we love seeing you guys be a part of the community too. Yeah, we enjoy it. Oh, well, thank you for your wealth of knowledge. I'm so glad that you just stopped like, here really doing what I can. Invested in learning about this because I learned a lot today. And that I had been like trying to learn about it. I just hadn't really been able to sit down and dive into it. And so this is really hard.
1: I mean, it's hard. And when I actually first started diving into it, it's kind of funny because I was seeing a lot of blog posts around like what the changes were and they were all just sales pitches for whatever their program was, whatever they're like. Yeah, SAS yes, I remember was. seeing
0: that. Yeah.
1: And so I just dove into Google's resources because I was like, I don't want to be sold a lie for someone else's Profitability and gain. I mm. want to know what the actual changes and implications are for my clients. And so, yeah, that's you where I got go all to this information. A Facebook
0: group. For I didn't advice. go to a Facebook group.
1: No, I didn't. <laughs> I uh, I'm also not providing guidance in Facebook groups about
0: this. Yes, I know.
1: Um, I I just think it's so important to stay informed and to stay informed from the source.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, this is great.
1: I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. Hope everyone enjoyed it and we'll talk to y'all soon.
0: Yeah. Bye guys.